Welcome to Biopics. Today we look at the works of B.F. Skinner. He was an American psychologist and behaviorist, also an author, inventor, and social philosopher. Born in 1904, died in 1990. He was a professor of psychology at Harvard University from 1958 until his retirement in 1974. One of his more controversial ideas was that he considered free will to be an illusion. Skinner saw human action as dependent on consequences of previous actions, a theory he would articulate as the principle of reinforcement. If the consequences to an action are bad, there's a high chance the action will not be repeated. If the consequences are good, the probability of the action being repeated becomes stronger. So he developed uh, what's called behavior analysis, especially the philosophy of radical behaviorism. He founded the Experimental Analysis of Behavior, a school of experimental research psychology, and he also used what was called operant conditioning to strengthen behavior, considering the rate of response to be the most effective measure of response strength. He was also a prolific author, having published 21 books, 180 articles. He imagined the application of his ideas to the design of a human community in his utopian novel called Walden II, while his analysis of human behavior culminated in his work Verbal Behavior. Now, some contemporary academia considers Skinner, along with John Watson and Ivan Pavlov, a pioneer of modern behaviorism. According to a June 2002 survey, that listed Skinner as the most influential psychologist of the 20th century. So uh, this guy is no lightweight at all. So really, pretty much he assumed no inner causes. Uh, He didn't want to assume any inner causes that we couldn't explain Skinner referred to his approach to the study of behavior as radical behaviorism, which originated in the early 1900s as a reaction to what's called depth psychology and other traditional forms of psychology, which often had difficult uh, makings and predictions that could be tested experimentally. The uh, philosophy of behavioral science assumes the behavior in a consequence uh, is a consequence of environmental histories of reinforcement. So no inner cause, no assumptions about inner cause. It's what we can observe through the environment. Uh, Skinner's ideas about behaviorism were largely set forth in his book, The Behavior of Organisms, that was back in 1938. Uh, We can break uh, these uh, behaviors into two different categories, respondent behaviors elicited by stimuli and may be modified through respondent conditioning, often called classical or Pavlovian conditioning. Operant behaviors are emitted, meaning that initially they are not induced by any particular stimulus. They are strengthened through what's called operant conditioning, in which the occurrence of the response yields a reinforcer. Such behaviors may be measured by their rate. So very interesting person. Um, He had a lot of influence on teaching, of course, uh, teaching repertoires of both verbal and nonverbal behavior, and um, just to interest students in his his theories. I know back in college in 
psychology class, we spent quite a lot of time with Skinner, and I even um, got to do an experiment with a pigeon named Chauncey. Um, looked at how we could shape behaviors in pigeons. And that was pretty cool back in, back in the early 80s. So Skinner suggests that uh, any age-appropriate skill can be taught. Uh, the steps are clearly specify the action or performance the student is to learn, break down the task into achievable steps going from simple to complex, let the student perform each step, reinforcing correct actions, adjust so that the student is always successful until finally the goal is reached. Shift to intermittent reinforcement to maintain the student's performance. And intermittent reinforcement is really seen as the most strong, as the strongest uh, type of reinforcement. It's intermittent. Now, what were Mr. Skinner's political views? Well, his, uh, his political writings did emphasize his hopes that an effective and human science of behavioral control, a technology of human behavior, could help with problems as yet unsolved and often aggravated by advances in technology such as the atomic bomb. Indeed, one of Skinner's goals was to prevent humanity from destroying itself. He saw political activity as the use of aversive or non-aversive means to control a population. Skinner favored the use of positive reinforcement as a means of control, citing Jean-Jacques Rousseau's novel Emily on education as an example of literature that did not fear the power of positive reinforcement. Now, a little bit more about the book we mentioned earlier, uh, the Walden II book. Uh, In this book, Skinner presents a vision of a decentralized, localized society which applies a practical scientific approach and behavioral expertise to deal peacefully with social problems. For example, his views led him to oppose corporal punishment in schools, and he wrote a letter to the California Senate that helped lead it to a ban on spanking. Skinner's Utopia is both a thought experiment and a rhetorical piece. In Walden II, Skinner enters the problem that exists in many utopian novels. What is the good life? That's the question. The book's answer is a life of friendship, health, art, and a healthy balance between work and leisure, a minimum of unpleasantness, and a feeling that one has made worthwhile contributions to a society which resources are insured and in part by minimizing consumption. If the world is to save any part of its resources for the future, it must reduce not only consumption, but the number of consumers. That's another thing he wrote about. So not only did he did he uh, write about operant conditioning, reinforcement, uh, basic principles, but he looked at a society that was ideal based on these principles. Noam Chomsky, a prominent critic of Skinner, published a review of Skinner's verbal behavior two years after it was published. Chomsky argued that Skinner's attempt to use behaviorism to explain human language amounted to little more than word games. Uh, Conditioned responses could not account for a child's ability to create or understand an infinite variety of novel sentences. Chomsky's review has been credited with launching a cognitive revolution in psychology and other disciplines, 
and Skinner, who rarely responded directly to his critics, never formally replied to Noam Chomsky's critique. Many years later, Kenneth McCorkendale's reply was endorsed by Skinner. And Chomsky also reviewed Skinner's Beyond Freedom and Dignity using the same motives as his verbal behavioral, uh, the verbal behavior review. Among Chomsky's criticisms were that Skinner's lab work could not be extended to humans, that when it was extended to humans, it uh, represented scientistic behavior, attempting to emulate science, but which was not really scientific. That Skinner was not a scientist because he rejected the hypothetico-deductive model of theory testing. Skinner had no science of behavior, according to Noam Chomsky. So some pretty thick lines in the sand being drawn there. So Skinner has repeatedly been criticized for his supposed animosity towards Sigmund Freud and psychoanalysis. And some have argued, however, that Skinner shared several of Freud's assumptions and that he was influenced by Freudian points of view in more than one field, among them the analysis of defense mechanisms such as repression. To study such phenomena, Skinner even designed his own projective test, the verbal summator described above. So a lot of folks thought that Skinner's ideas were what's called reductionistic. And reductionistic... um, I looked that up on a site called simplypsychology.com.org and uh, learned a lot about this concept of reductionism. And reductionism and examples in psychology would be behaviorism, using a very reductionistic vocabulary, stimulus response, reinforcement, punishment, These concepts alone are used to explain all behavior. And so the reductionism comes in saying, you can't reduce behavior to these elemental parts. There is such thing as a mind and much more complicated cognitive structuring that has to be taken into account that Skinner oversimplified things. And I would have to be kind of in agreement that Skinner was a reductionist. So, yeah, so that's about it. But uh, Skinner really um, contributed a lot to psychology. And those who reacted to behaviorism and wanted to amplify or contrast with it. Um, it just made psychology grow to greater uh, to greater heights. Um, some contrasting um, psychologists would be humanistic psychologists, which would be in the camp of Carl Rogers. Um, so, lot just scratching the surface here, uh, but. You know, reductionistic approach to behavior can be a useful one in allowing scientific study to be carried out. Can be useful to a certain extent, but does not uh, explain all, in my opinion. So there it is, the very quick version of B.F. Skinner. And if you have any comments on this 
show. Uh, be sure to write something in the comments. Always welcome. As I continue with psychologists, uh, we'll have some more coming up uh, throughout the next few weeks. So thanks for listening. This is Biopics.